The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Well, today's guest was a most wanted criminal in Hawaii at one point, and it's a pretty remarkable story on how he turned his life around. You know, we are far too quick to judge people or to believe that some people can never change when it's the opposite that is true. Anybody can change. And what motivates change? Well, that's a personal choice. I won't preach on this because I am a believer, having spoken to many people who have turned their lives around, I'm a, I'm a believer that it can be done with the right motivation. And Kyle's story, Kyle Kalausi, he has a story. And without any further delay, here's Kyle. Hello, Kyle, and welcome to Inspire Us. <laughs> Aloha, brother Paul. Thank you for having me. You are all the way in Hawaii. I am envious of you, man. <laughs> how's, the weather in, how's the weather in Hawaii now? Beautiful. The sky is blue, the grass is green, and the birds are singing. How much more can you ask? Uh, and my golf clubs is in the truck. Oh, you're a golfer, are you? Yeah. Oh, wow. That is cool. You know what? I've never, ever played golf. Uh, I, I've done mini golf. I just didn't see a point to it. <laughs> But I do admire people who play it because they seem to enjoy it with all their heart. So uh, thank you. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, to all my audience, you have heard me say this time and time again. Where did I meet Kyle? I met Kyle <laughs> in Clubhouse when he was telling his remarkable story. And uh, I got to say that um, it really shocked me at first to hear what you were uh, talking about. And I would love if you could share with our audience the, uh, the remarkable story of what, who you were and who you are today. It's over to you. Sounds good, Brother Paul. Aloha, everyone. My name is Kyle from Hawaii. I was born in Hilo, and my upbringing was very amazing. I was raised by my grandfather, who was the chief of police, who instilled in me wholesome value, values and strong morals and ethics. My grandfather introduced me to the game of golf, which I quickly fell in love with and dedicated every waking moment to protect, protect my craft and becoming a six-time state champ and ranking fourth in the world, playing alongside Tiger Woods as a junior golfer. But after allowing all the success, I became arrogant and prideful, and I was expelled from high school in my senior year, which became the catalyst for my downhill spiral that eventually led me to become a 98-pound Crystal myth addict labeled Hawaii's most wanted and a menace to society. That's me, Paul. No, you became Hawaii's most wanted. Uh, so tell us about, you know, how you, obviously it was the addiction, but yes. what was it that you were doing that made you one of the most unliked and sought after uh, criminal? Um, so tell us about that. Okay, I, I live on an island and crystal meth, the pandemic hit Hawaii and I was caught right in the pandemic. 
And it was just a matter of time before crystal meth found me and it did. And when the crystal meth pipe came to my hand, I did it. And when I blew out the crystal meth smoke, I blew out everything that was instilled in me as a child. All my morals, all my love, all my respect, all my etiquette was out the door. And I instantly became an addict and I did what was necessary to fuel my addiction. And I terrorized my home of Hawaii and I did us a lot of bad things, everything but murder and rape. Would and, you, yeah, would you uh, mind, would you mind telling us some of the things that you did uh, get in trouble for? Um, burglaries and <laughs> trucks and stole. Uh, I was like a thief in the night and I did right. what I had to do. Well, and, and you, yeah, you, you hit on a good point there. Uh, well, not a good point, but it's a, it's, it's a real point that once you are addicted, you will do everything and anything everything. you possibly can to feed that addiction, right? Everything. And Hawaii had the hardest time catching me. And they labeled me many things and it put me on the news. And this time I was on the news, not for golf, but because there was warning the public, please do not try and apprehend Kyle Kilausin, considered armed and dangerous, call 911 and put me all over the news and and I live on an island. I always say that. I always live on an island. I live on an island. And it's just a matter of time until they caught me. And when they caught me, I was 98 pounds, 24 years old. This is my picture. That's my mugshot. Oh, my. Yeah, if you Google my name, that will come up. Oh, all wow. my charges. Yep. What a difference. Yep. And when they caught me, the police department had like a party. And they put me back on the news saying the big catch captured and the whole community was relieved that I was gone. But that relief that the community felt didn't last too long because three months later, I planned one of the biggest escapes and I escaped and I climbed bed sheets and I broke a window and I jumped off a roof and, and I was out again, being a menace. Mm. I How long know. did this go on for? I was 12 days and I, I was 12 days. I was an escape fugitive. And like I said, I live on an island, wagon run. Take me two hours for reach the other side of the island, two hours for come back. Oh, my. my, my I my. know. I know. So let's get the picture here. The picture uh, is you as a very, you know, well-raised. Uh, values are, are poured into you by your family. Okay. You're just this up-and-coming golfer, uh, this professional and then suddenly you are introduced to crystal meth and you uh, you take it. And from that point on, we all know that you spiraled down. You became oh. Hawaii's most wanted. You were a criminal, B&E, robberies, uh, anything we can think of short of rape and murder. And here you are on a small island and still uh, terrorizing the island. And I would imagine that everybody just hated you. They hated yep. Kyle, right? Yep. Everybody hates you. Yep. So I went, because of my crystal meth addiction, I did 10 years in prison, high custody prison. And because of my escape, I did three years out of the 10 in isolation. And that three years of isolation is where my whole life turned around. For three years, I lived in a seven by seven windowless cell, no human contact. I ate in my cell. I took a bath in my cell and I could see my beard growing on my face because they didn't give me a razor due to suicide. I was losing the color of my skin because I didn't see outside. I couldn't feel the sun. And I don't know who you are, Paul. You live it that long, three years in solitary confinement. And my grandfather was a chief of police and he raised me as a child and he raised me with a lot of good morals and ethics. And one thing that wasn't instilled in me was God. 
God was not instilled in me for some apparent reason. So now I'm doing three years in isolation. I'm starting to lose my mind. Like I said, I don't care who you are, Paul. You spend that much time in mm. isolation. Things will start taking a toll on your mind. Yep. And one, one day I woke up in my seven by seven windowless cell and the voices in my head was so loud and was so clear. And the voices that I heard was, Kyle, you was a six-time state champ. You was ranked fourth in the world. You had a very bright and promising future. Look where you stand now in a seven by seven cell looking at seven years. Yeah, ram your head in the wall, Kyle. Ram your head into the wall. Those are voices that was going through my head, bro. Yeah. And I said, at that time in my life, it seemed like a good idea. So I'm backpedal as far as I could in my cell. And I was ready to lunge forward and smash my head into the wall. But brother Paul, something was holding me back against the wall. Yeah. And then when I was, when I was a child, I remember seeing a show of one guy. He was on his knees praying to a guy named God because the guy on his knee needed help. And he was asking this guy named God. Those images started flashing through my head. Boom, boom, boom. So all I did was copy what I saw. I went down on my knees in my seven by seven windowless cell. And I said, God, if you're out there, help me. My name is Kyle. I'm sorry for all the bad things I did. If you're out there, help me. Help me. I need help. Please help me. And I instantly felt one warm feeling through my body, bro. And that's the day I, I surrendered and I gave my life to God. The feeling of smashing my head was gone. And that's when I got saved in that little seven by seven cement cell. And I'm grateful. I look back now, if God didn't allow me to escape where I'll be end up in isolation, I wouldn't have turned to him. And I'm grateful that I was alone. It took me three years for surrender because I tried to do everything on my own. And that's when I surrender. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus is right. You know, Kyle, you're, you touched on so many things. You're right. Being, you know, secluded in, in isolation for three years will drive you crazy. And you are on the point of suicide, you know, like uh, about to, to crack your head open when you felt this presence holding you back. Yep. And you, you know, and, the, and this wonderful miracle happens in this cell. And you touched on the fact that escaping was part of the big plan. Part it was part plan. of the big plan. Ah, that, you know what, that is remarkable. Some things uh, do happen for you, don't they? You yep. know, all this, you know, three years, you're sentenced to three years. And I, if I was the cop, if I was the judge, I would have thrown you in there as well. But there was yep. a reason for you being there. Wow. You're, yep. you're, uh, what a story. Yep. And the transformation that prison had on me because of God is beyond my beyond what I can even imagine. And I'm grateful for God. And nobody seen the transformation that I went through. This was between me and God. And I remember praying. I pray all the time in prison. And I prayed to God. And I said, God, thank you for helping me. Thank you for, for saving me. And when I am free from prison, please use me in any way to show your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, and your grace. And like I said, nobody seen this transformation. So if we fast forward the tape, I did 10 years in prison. I lost all my front teeth. I got covered in tattoos and now I free. And when I came home from prison, I came home with prison slippers, prison shorts and a prison shirt, not one cent to my name, but Paul, I came out saved and I mm. came out with passion and I came out with passion to help as many people as I can. And when I came out of prisons, 
came out of prison, people's opinions and perceptions about me was still the same when I left. And they made it clear that they didn't like me. Then, and I just stayed focused on, on what I had to do. And now I'm free for seven years. I'm a motivational speaker here in Hawaii. And I spoke to 95% of the schools here in Hawaii. And I did them for free. Wow. And I did them for free. That's how I gave back to the community, to the state that I once destroyed because I'm a crystal meth addiction. And I didn't let people's opinions and perceptions about me affect or derail my mission, bro. And I stayed focused. I stayed focused. Yeah. Yeah. And now I out and about speaking to the schools. I may be at the beach. I may be at the supermarket. People would come up to me and they would say, Kyle, because you're doing good now, I get hope that my son can do good. Kyle, because you're doing good now, I get hope that my daughter can do good. And took me a while to prove myself, but I wasn't doing this to prove myself in any way. My intention is to help the kids, bro, to help the kids. And I just grateful for my sobriety and my freedom. And I'm not going to sit at home and do nothing about that. I'm going to get up and I'm going to help educate as many kids as I can and, and, and educate them about the power of their choices. And to remind them that they are one choice away from a different life, like, like what happened to me. And every time I go to one school, Paul, 2,000 kids, 1,000 kids, 100 kids, no matter how many kids, when I walk into that school, I see me in there. I see one super good kid with a bright future. And yeah. I don't like anybody ruining them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it is. You are such a bright light, Kyle. <laughs> I is. see. I hear this this warmth in your voice and your words are like, they're, they're smooth as honey. Your message is so important. It is, it is one of those messages that yes, we sometimes can take the wrong path, but it is up to us. And in this case, a greater power, you know, to change and your mission has been now given to you and to all our listeners out there. Kyle is, motivational speaker in Hawaii, but there is a whole world out there. So if you're looking for a motivational speaker with a story, you know, this is the man to go to. What a remarkable story. Uh, how, so 95% of the schools you've, yeah. you've already spoken to, you've donated yeah. your free time. Yep. You're changing lives yep. and souls, yep. man. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is so fat. You see my shirt? Uh, yeah, stay humble and pray. <laughs> stay humble, pray. Stay humble, that, pray. It was my mantra that I did in prison. I see in prison, God allowed me to see a lot of things that in society is not normal. Six guys raping on guys is not normal. A guy getting stabbed in the neck watching on movie is not normal. And every time I'll see something like that, I'll go to my cell, I'll close my door, and I'll tell myself, stay humble, Kyle. You get six years left. This is temporary. This is not your home. Remember that. I drop to my knees and I pray. Father God, thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for everything that you do. Please guide me and protect me. Amen. Stay humble, pray. Stay humble, pray. Stay humble, pray. Stay humble, pray. I can't even count how much times I stay humble, pray. And just so happens now, this is my business. Stay humble, pray. And when I went on a, every mission that I go to, I set up a booth here on the island and the community that I once destroyed comes out now and they support me and they buy a shirt. And I use that money to go and pay my expenses and travel. And, and I grateful, I grateful how God work and 
how he can turn one one state that was so against me to the grace of God support me now. And here in Hawaii, I was the last person that ever thought would be sober. I was going to die when Crystal met Attic. I was going to take Crystal met on a seven-year honeymoon to Tahiti. That's how much I love Crystal met. So when people see me sober, bro, that also brings hope to other people. So my, my whole intentions is bringing awareness to kids and bringing hope to people that is already addicted. That if I can get better, you can get better, bro. And mm -hmm. every day I look forward to glorifying God. And because it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here talking to you, Pa, right now. I will be in front of your place taking that box with your podcast equipment inside. <laughs> yes, <And> you would. <laughs> I just, I super grateful, bro. And I, I grateful, I grateful. I am grateful for you. You know what? You, um, I, I'm so happy that you and I connected and that you are sharing this remarkable story with, with our audience. It is so uh, important for us to recognize that even though somebody may choose one path or fall into an addiction, it is so harsh for us to judge their lives. And we never know how they are going to be transformed. And God has transformed you into a warrior, into a servant, into you know an angel on earth, helping other people. Your message is, yes, you can beat it. And you are defined by your choices and you can always make the right choices no matter where you are in life now you can change your life now i want to know before i let you go i want to know how did you quit that habit what was it that that helped you through that was it all sheer willpower was it god's was it god's voice what was it it, it was god god all the way like i said you know, people in the free world who choose to get sober, I get so much respect for them. I didn't choose my sobriety, not one, not one bit. I didn't, like I said, I was going to die on Christmas at attic. And through the grace of God, bro, I, I had a first inmate that you're going to meet that didn't get paroled on his first time in prison. I got sentenced to 10 years by the judge at my first time in prison. Usually when you get sentenced to 10 years in prison, you get paroled three years and four months. So at three years and four months, I thought I was going to be released because it's my first time in prison and I non-violent crimes. But bro, through the grace of God, the parole board saw me and they said, Mr. Kilau Singh was waiting for you. Yeah, this is going to be shot. No, even sit down. We're giving you your whole 10. And I grateful that the parole board, at that time I was mad, but I grateful that at the time the, the parole board had maxed me out because if they would have let me out at three years and four months, that addiction was still in my mouth. And God, you know, like a kiln when you work in ceramic, you know how you make clay and you put them into the kiln. Mm -hmm. If you take that ceramic, that clay out of the kiln too early, not going to be solid. Not going to be solid. My kiln time was 10 years. Yeah, not three years and four years, three years and four months, like how the, the justice system works. No, that's not, that's not the kiln time. My kiln time was 10 years. And at that time was hard but now i look back and I, I i glorify god and i'm grateful that i did my whole 10 so he could cement me to be the vessel that i am today bro. i thank you jesus i thank absolutely jesus. yes yes thank you and i absolutely love your story i love your passion i love your energy and your mission and uh, i you know i'm so grateful that you're on my show here um, have you written a book yet or is that in the works? No, on Clubhouse, I was able to share my story with Les Brown. Thank you, Jesus. Yep. 
Yep. And Les Brown told me that he's going to reach out to me and he's going to point me in the direction of book people because I don't have a book. I just want men that live on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with passion to help kids. And the reason why I'm here talking to you today, because I asked God to save me. I asked. And I'm going to ask of you, Paul, and your listeners, if anybody need a motivational speaker for anything, you reach out. My, my Instagram is Prayer. And there's a link in my bio at Stay Humble Prayer that you press it. It's going to have like my, my demo video for the schools. And if your school is interested in me, just follow the instructions on, on that bio and bring me to your school. You bet. And we're going to be able to, uh, to help that uh, by putting uh, your information in the show notes, my friend. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your light, your brilliance, and uh, keep on doing that wonderful work. Uh, you are a ray of sunshine, and I really appreciate you. Thank you, Brother Paul, for having me. And let's have a part two to this later on, because there's a lot more to share. You got it. We will. We certainly will. All right. Thank All right. you. All right, Brother Paul. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 